everybody. Welcome back. This is Season 3, Episode 2 of the Mission Great Commission podcast. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Brandon Bishop. Brandon, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, how have you been, Dennis? I've been really good. I'm pretty excited. It's Taco Tuesday, so... Oh! As you can imagine, I'm super excited. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Is this like a... Uh, Tradition at your house? No, it's a tradition like oh, in America, for everybody, okay, yeah. <laughs> or the world, exactly. <laughs> okay, say I gave you your option to have your favorite taco from anywhere. Oh. What is it, and where would it be? That's the taco truck that's here in town. Oh, which is why. You know, I've never it's been only there. here on Tuesday. Super oh, excited about it. Okay, Taco Bell is a close second, though. Okay, on that note. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you all listening uh, to our first episode of Season 3. We had, as of today's date, June the 5th of this recording, we had 124 people listen to our episode. No way. So thanks for doing that, and I hope you came back to listen to this one. Yeah, they came back, clearly, because I'm on here. Clearly. I have a text message from a quote-unquote friend who said Bishop carried you through the whole episode. See that? That's what I'm talking about. I need more crowd interaction here. So I'll block that person now. All right, speaking of uh, episode one of season three. Yeah, so what did we go over last time there, Dennis? Okay, I th- I'm thankful I had this written out because if I had to just use my memory, I don't know that I would remember but we did define evangelism. We kind of gave a, a loose definition and a biblical definition of what evangelism is. We talked about different types of evangelism. Do you remember that? And we talked about witnessing and testimonies. We, we kind of covered a lot in that first episode. What was maybe your one takeaway from that first episode that we recorded. It's a pretty broad spectrum. I enjoyed the definitions of evangelism. Of course, I'm a big words guy, okay. so uh, those specific values mean a lot. I think that's cool when you cover a wide variety of topics on one subject. In an episode, you give people who think differently something to, to latch on to and, and to take hold of and think about. Like you said, I'm a words guy. Well, somebody else could be a different visual or whatever, but yeah. uh, we're giving them uh, different things to think about. And we're going to do the same thing in today's episode. In today's episode, we're going to continue with the theme of evangelism. Uh, this will be kind of a two-parter, evangelism two-parter. Um, we're going to review a recent worship series that we went through on evangelism uh, with Pastor Doug called Road Rules. We're going to hear a testimony from a friend of ours uh, later in the episode. And, and then we're also going to look at tools uh, that you can use personally to help you learn and engage in evangelism. Are you ready to go? I am set. All right, let's do this. In February of this year, our pastor, Doug King, preached a sermon series on evangelism. And here's my question for you, Bishop. Do you think that evangelism is preached on enough in today's corporate worship services? I think our church does a fantastic job of balancing that. 
Um, so we preach over evangelism. And then at the end of service, Joey typically gives um, the Roman road or to salvation and uh, allows that time of altar call or Doug will do that. Uh, so those are very important moments if your church doesn't have that. And I think it's extremely important that it does. I would say if you think church-wide, like universally, evangelism in the Bible Belt, I think, is preached on quite frequently. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm not sure. I can't answer that. I know that there is a, a new emphasis in Southern Baptist culture to evangelize and disciple. And uh, we may talk a little bit more about some emphasis that uh, they are giving with some tools later in the episode. But what I want to do here is look at that worship series that we just went through briefly. We're just going to breeze through the topics, the scripture, and the points to let you all uh, be exposed to uh, this Roman road slash road rules uh, sermon series. So let's look at the topics that were uh, given and preached on. And, and, and basically the overview, the, the byline of this is the Roman road to salvation. And, and the Roman road that we talk about is a sort of roadmap that believers use uh, verses from the New Testament to share Christ and introduce salvation to those who do not believe. So we broke that down into a sermon series. So let's look at these topics that Pastor Doug preached on. So the first one that he preached over was actually called Roadblock, and that came from Romans 3.23, which says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I like use that verse a lot uh, when people say I mess up, and I mess up like once a week. And I, whenever I hear that, I say, hey, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I just messed up, so I need to say it again. I don't know about um, you. Uh, mess up 24-7. It doesn't happen to me very often. Yeah, I don't know about you, but... <laughs> No, but it, that's so true and something that every Christian should remember uh, to apply to their own life and then also share with non-believers. Doug's points from that sermon series were that we as Christians should see sin as a universal problem. We should own sin as a personal problem and treat sin as a spiritual problem. Um, and all of those have one thing in common, sin's a problem. Yeah, exactly. And that's the huge detriment here. Here's the second one. It comes from Romans 6.23. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The points to this sermon, uh, Detours, was, number one, we deserve death. Number two, God desires life. And number three, Jesus delivers life through death. So it just goes to show that though sin is a problem, there is a solution, and his name is Jesus. Exactly. So if we're breaking this down and saying we're going to use this sermon series to, to propel ourselves to share Jesus with someone, we take the first tool, the roadblock, and say sin is a problem that we all struggle with. Yes. So we're going to summarize that, right? Sin is a problem that we all struggle with. The, the detours sermon. Though we deserve death. Death. Because that is the, the weight that sin carries. Then The wages of sin is death. Yes. But the gift of God gives you eternal life through Jesus Christ. Right. 
Number three, uh, that is the exit, and that comes from Romans 5, 8. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You ever missed an exit on the road, traveling down the road? Absolutely. Really? Yes. I didn't think men admitted to... To fault, getting lost, <laughs> getting lost, or faults. Listen, I'm the guy that's going to stop and ask for directions. Oh, good for you. <laughs> now, my wife, on the other hand, she doesn't want to do that very often. She probably hated the fact that I okay. just brought that up. But... I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> well, here's the deal you don't want to miss your exit, right? Right. Well, you don't want to miss this. This is um, huge when it comes to our salvation and evangelism experience. The cross tells us that God's love is unique, it is unconditional, and it is universal. So if you're sharing that truth with someone, they get to see that through the cross, Christ paid it all for us, and His love is bigger and better than anything you can ever imagine. Yep. Number four is destination, and that comes from Romans 10.9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this is it. This is the, okay, I'm sharing information, sharing information. This is the story. This is why I'm talking to you. But now it's up to you. Yeah. This falls in your court. Yes, that's right. This is how we can seal the deal. You confess that Jesus is Lord. You confirm the resurrection of Jesus. You say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again. And then you claim the salvation of Jesus. You say, oh, Jesus, I want you to live in my heart. So which of these sermons that we just went through, Brandon, as you were uh, in worship, participating in worship, which one of these challenged you the most? So whenever I look back through some of my notes that I was taking, the one that seems to stick out um, and the one that I took the most notes on was actually the exit. Okay. And uh, specifically point two, which says uh, God's love is unconditional. So uh, that reminded me of this song that Lauren Daigle has out now. And uh, she says... Are you her uh, manager? Yes. Okay. I'm a manager. Uh, you get money based off of this suggestion? Insert that plug here. Uh, Lauren Daigle, feel free to me- message Dennis Cook. Or wait, feel free to message the Great Commission. Commission. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be on... <laughs> yeah. If you want to be on the podcast, just message us. But go ahead. Sorry. Uh, she says uh, in her lyrics, I will send out an army to find you uh, in the darkest night. Right. And that, that made me think like this unconditional love that God has of leaving the 99 to find the one and how you're supposed to express that same love to other people unconditionally. And so it's just this huge moment like where everybody's the same. Awesome. I think that if I could take one thing away, it would be that this is biblical. We should be getting out there and sharing this Jesus that we know and that we have in our heart and in our life. We need to be out there sharing it with others. And his word has given us the tools to do just that. Another thing that I'm reminded of as we go through all of these messages, one specific thing comes to mind, and that's my personal testimony. And and we talked about testimonies in the last episode, but in Roadblock Point 2 and all of the detours message, all of the exit message, and in Destination Point 1, all of that challenges us to share our story 
about Jesus in us with others. In the last episode, we, we talked about using testimonies as part of our evangelical witness. And in this episode, we welcome our friend, Jenny Cummings. Jenny is sharing her testimony with us today. And I know you know this, Brandon. She's a big supporter of the podcast and really just what we do here in our church. She loves Jesus. She's a great friend to have. And yeah, she has she a is. powerful story. Yes, she is. She's a fantastic person. Um, she does a wonderful job giving her testimony, and it's super, super powerful. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So, Jenny, take this away. Share with us your story about God's work in your life. I remember being in first grade and having an assignment from a teacher where she, I think it was probably like spelling words, where she wanted us to go home and write our words and uh, bring them back and have our parents sign them. And I remember having that assignment that night and thinking, okay, my mom needs to sign this, but like, what if I get to school? And like, what if I can't find it? And what if I need another? Like, I don't want to be in trouble. And so I took the paper to my mom and asked her if she would sign my spelling words, but also if she would sign a blank copy so that if I got to school and I didn't have it, I'd have a backup plan. Oh, wow. Yes. Type A personality to my core. But that was... I know that seems like a really little story. My mom looked at me like I was crazy. She said, Jennifer, you know, you're going you're gonna to have it. I'm not signing a blank piece of paper. But that, in essence, is who I was, and that was my struggle, that struggle for control, for feeling like I always had a backup plan. And I remember when I was probably about 12 years old, I had this awareness that I was lost. I was brought up in church. And I knew that there was something that separated me from God. And I knew that. I felt it in my heart. And I knew that the bottom line for me was there was this place that existed called hell. And I did not want to go there. And I needed a plan. And I had heard our preacher preach about, you know, the way to avoid that is to be saved. And I wanted that because I did not want to go to hell. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed, and I have no doubt in my mind that God saved me. But in that moment, I feel like really what I was trusting him with was that was just the tip of the iceberg. Okay. I trusted him with that, but I had not learned to trust him with any other element of my life. He was not the Lord of my life. Okay. It was just this way to avoid going to a place when I died that I didn't want to. He was the Savior, but not the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so my story about being in first grade, that just kind of carried over into the rest of my life. Um, I always worried about what people thought. I worried about the decisions I made. I wanted to do the right thing. But I felt like I had to make it happen for myself. Um, I didn't really trust anybody, I don't think. I just trusted, really trusted myself okay. and to make things happen. Um, I worried a lot. I had a lot of anxiety. I see that about myself now. I know that I had a lot of anxiousness. I had a very, very... Um, as a teenager, even into my married life, when Marty and I first got married, I worried about things I, to a degree that I don't, I know that was not healthy. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't seem to shake it. And I saw other people that would talk about, it always fascinated me to be in Sunday school and to hear people talk about, well, do you have joy or do you have happiness? And they mm. would talk about having joy. And I'm like, what is the difference? Like, I don't know if I even have either one. Yeah, what does that even feel like? What does like? that even mean? Like, I know we say that and we mean well, but to me, it was just like <laughs> this 
pie in the sky. I didn't even know what that was. I wanted it, but I knew I didn't have it. And um, because I knew that to worry like I did, I was always worried about something. And so I knew that I was missing that piece of the Mm -hmm. puzzle, but I didn't know how to get it. And I tried, I read books. Um, I read scripture and I just couldn't reconcile that in my mind. Why didn't I have joy? Why was I content? Why didn't I have happiness? And I went through a lot of things. Um, You know, I lost my mom in uh, 2009. She had breast cancer. And I remember walking through that season just really, really heavy. And my mom was bed bound for several weeks before she passed away. And just thinking, like, why can't I? What can I do? Like, why is this happening? I was worried about how it would happen, when it would happen, what would that look like? And I was terrified. And I started to have some really, I think my anxiety was at a whole complete different level at that point. I didn't sleep. I lost a lot of weight um, and cried all the time. And um, I kind of started realizing that, you know, this just wasn't getting better. And this was not anything that I was going to be able to fix on my own, but I and I knew it was a struggle, and I hated that struggle hmm. because I feel like on the outside I look like somebody that had it together. Um, I felt like I looked like somebody who went to church every Sunday, who was in Sunday school, who did the did all. Maybe on the outside looked like they did the right things. It showed weakness. Yes, but I was on the inside. I was a mess, and I was yeah. afraid to kind of talk about it. And so I kind of just my mom ended up, you know, passing away, and I kind of just poked along through life and kind of still had this going on. Um, But everything kind of changed for me. Um, In March of 2011, Marty and I found out that we were expecting. Surprise. It was a surprise. (laughs) It was a surprise. It was a surprise. I quickly did the math on my hands, and I knew that I would. Yes. (laughs) I quickly did the math, and I figured out that I was going to have a child starting college High school and kindergarten all in the same year, and I just remember freaking completely out. And Mm. I knew this was a blessing. It didn't feel like a blessing Mm. at the time, Um, but this was something I had not planned. It was not something that was in uh, my, what I would have thought would happen for our family, but there we were. And we quickly adjusted. I adjusted, and I came up with another plan. You know, okay, well, this is okay. We can roll with this. This is what this is going to look like. It's going to be okay. We'll adjust to God's plan. We're going to adjust to God's plan. Um, And what happened after that, um, 26 weeks into my pregnancy, um, at a ultrasound visit, we found out, the doctor told us that there was something that was definitely wrong with our little girl. Um. They wanted us to have some further testing, and the further testing confirmed that our daughter had a chromosomal um, disorder called trisomy 18. And for those of you who don't know, trisomy 18 is a condition where uh, you have an extra 18th chromosome, and the doctor um, sat across from Marty and I, and I said, well, I just need to know, like, what can I expect? What can I plan for? How do I prepare my kids? What do we need to tell them? And mm-hmm. he looked at me um, straight across his desk and said, Jenny, your, your daughter will not live. She will either die before she's born, uh, while she's being born, or right after. And that's what you have to prepare for. And suddenly, I had no control. For the first time in my life, I felt helpless. And so we went home and we tried to do what we could 
to kind of wrap our brain around what was going on and prepare our family. But two weeks later, uh, my daughter stopped moving and she passed away. And in that, we walked through um, having her, um, making decisions about my family. You know, we, we had her at the hospital. I had a C-section. Uh, my family coming into the recovery room, everyone meeting her, letting our boys say hello and goodbye to her, and all of that. And I remember um, we were discharged from the hospital on a Sunday, and Marty and I driving home from the hospital and crying because we just could not, we were leaving our daughter there. And we we never expected it to be this way. This was not one our, you know, this is not what we wanted, but there we were, and we just cried. And it was hard. It was really hard. And the hardest thing that I have ever walked through in my entire life. But the thing about it is, is that we got home and I remember sitting in my recliner and I was kind of trying to recover from surgery, but I remember thinking on my own, I would have never thought that I could walk through something like this. Like for the first time in my life, I realized that on my own strength, on my own plan, left to my own vices, on the best day I was having, I could have never got through something like this. And just realizing that God had been there for me that whole entire time. If anybody would have told me, you know, Jenny Cummings, you are going to, in 2011, you're going to find out you're pregnant. You're going to be having a little girl. And you're going to have to bury that little girl. I would have said, no way. Mm -mm. Not, not that Jenny, I know, will not be able to do that. She could not do that. And the thing is, is that I didn't do it. He did that. Mm -hmm. He did that. And... Because of that, and it's the weirdest, most wonderful thing, but in that, I realized that he could be trusted. Um, it reminds me, and it reminded me after that, like when I would face something out in the future, I would think to myself, you know what, God, he has got me through the unthinkable. He can this he can get me through that, and it's, and it's going to be okay, and I can trust Him. And what I got in exchange for that awful that happened was I finally got peace and joy. And I hate that it took that. I hate that it took that. But I see that now in myself, that that's what I was missing. I didn't trust. And until He, and I'm not saying I don't mean in any way that this was a punishment or this was anything, but I just think that when Romans 8, 28 says, God works all things for the good of those who love, it's all things. Mm. Not just the fun things, not the great things, the warm, fuzzy things. It's the hard things. Mm. And one of the things was, is He worked that to my good. And because that, because of that, now... I've learned to trust. And I don't have it perfect. I still remind myself. I still have to. I was reading uh, last week, I think it's Joshua 4, where, you know, they pass through the Red Sea and he tells, you know, God tells them to grab a stone and to place it. And that's going to be so they remember. I think we have to look back at our life and remember that he is faithful and that he is good. Because sometimes I'm, even now, I'll get kind of spazzed out about something little that's happening in my life. And I think, 
you know, I'll start to stress about it. And I'm like, Jenny, no, you know, God has gotten you through so much more than this. Just trust him. Mm -hmm. But I have found that that's kind of been the key for me. What an amazing story. And it's not so much a story as it is a a factual account of your life, a a testimony that God has given you in your life for His glory. Charles Billingsley has a song with the lyrics that say something to the effect of, I can say God is good even when He's not understood. Yes. And and can we really be that way as Christians? When can we get to the point to where we say, through the valleys, through the trials, through the tribulations, can we say God is good. Can we say, blessed be the name of the Lord, even in those dark times? And I think that's a true challenge of our faith and a celebration. A couple things that you you said in your your testimony that I just wanted to, to reiterate to the listeners out there and to myself is you said, on my own, I realized I could never walk through something like this, you know, by myself. Right. And that's a deep realization that I think we can all come to as Christians. There has to be a realization somewhere when God takes the reins and says, okay, stop trying because I'm trying to teach you. You right. need me. Right. Uh, you need me to walk through with with this. And, and one line that stuck out to me was when you said, I finally got to the point to where I realized he could be trusted. Yes. And how amazing is that sentence to think about us having trust issues with God Almighty yes. that created us. Yes. But that's just how we are. Yes, we are. And I think that's the struggle. And that's I, that's one of my passions now, I think, in working with women. And just whether it be at church or just, you know, at my job or whatever, you know, whoever I come in contact with is so many of us don't have joy. And the key to joy is we've got to trust. There's no joy apart from not trust, apart from trusting Him. There really isn't. And I see that now, and I really want to—I think that's my message I try to share, is I was the biggest control freak ever. I'm a recovering control freak. (laughs) Recovering control freak. I like that. Um, I try. I'm trying really hard. But I know on my own um, that—I know that probably within a a couple, three weeks after Loris passed away and after we'd had her funeral, I know that as much as I still hurt, I remember smiling— and thinking, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be, I'm going to survive. It's going to be okay. He is going to get me through this. And just having this peace, and I had never had that before in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And now when people have the conversation about joy and happiness, I'm like, I get it. I get it yeah. now. And I want other people to know that because that's how we look different than the world is by the joy that we have. That's really right. Think. And your story is evidence of that. And each one of the listeners out there, you all have a story that God has given you. And the amazing thing about the stories that we share with others is that in the end, they're not ours. They were His all along. Yes. They were His stories that He placed upon our life to go and share about Him and what He has done through us. And let's not forget that. Jenny, thank you for your time today and for sharing with the listening audience. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm so thankful for Jenny's testimony, Brandon, and the power of Christ that it shows. And our challenge that we should know is, listen, we should always be ready to share our story uh, about who Christ is in our lives and about what He has done for us. I'm sure by now you're thinking, let how do you grow uh, in uh, your walk and how to express like what God is teaching you? 
So what tools could you utilize to specifically express your testimony, right? Well, we've uh, come up with a few of these for you. We have a book slash study um, that's called Share Jesus Without Fear, and that's by William Fay. Listen, if you are a part of church life and you've been in a church five years, you've never heard of the book or the study Share Jesus Without Fear, Go talk to your discipleship pastor or your senior pastor about this book. You should have, you should have experienced this Bible study churchwide or a small group or just gone out and bought this book and read it because this option of this book emphasizes Scripture to highlight certain passages that will allow you to study those and be prepared to share Christ with others. So here's the basic idea of share Jesus without fear. This gives you the confidence to ask a person five specific questions. And then you let the Bible speak to those highlighted passages. And then you close your discussion with five questions that point to salvation. So in other words, you have your your Bible marked and highlighted to those five questions you're talking about. Then you have your Bible marked and highlighted to closing out the deal and talking about salvation to where as long as you have your Bible, you're ready. Or if you have it memorized, you know, another challenge, you can share Jesus with someone. And that gives you the confidence, the backing of God's Word to do just that. Next is this uh, application tool called Three Circles, and that's from Life on Mission. This Three Circles tool is an overview, and let's listen to that via YouTube. So we live in this world and it's characterized by brokenness. We don't have to look very hard to see. There are things like disease, disasters, wars. There's a lot of pain in this world, but this is not God's original design. God has a perfect design. And the way that we have gotten ourselves into brokenness is through something that the Bible calls sin. Sin is turning away from God's design and pursuing our own way. And that leads us to brokenness. Brokenness eventually leads us to death, and this death will separate us from God forever. But God doesn't want us to stay in brokenness, so He's made a way out, and that way is Jesus. Jesus comes and He enters into our brokenness, and the death that we deserve for pursuing brokenness, Jesus takes our place and dies on a cross, and His body is broken for us. And three days after He dies, He rose from the dead, and He made a way out of brokenness. And people try many things to get out of brokenness, things like religion, things like success or relationships, education or drugs and alcohol, but none of these things can get us out of brokenness. The only way out is Jesus. And if we turn from our sin and believe that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead, we can leave brokenness and grow in a relationship with God and pursue His design. And more than that, we can go. We can be sent, just like Jesus, back into brokenness to help others come through Him to pursue God's design. Now, there's two types of people in the world. There are people that are pursuing God's design, and there's people that are still in brokenness. We have to ask ourselves, where are we? So, where do you think you are? Yeah, Three Circles, that's a great YouTube video there, uh, the Life Conversation Guide. It helps us answer common questions in a simple way so that you can begin to just share uh, it with others. It's also available on an app, which is very cool uh, to have on your phone, ready to go. But I think it, the best thing to do is to like write it out on a piece of paper and draw it out even on a napkin if you're in a restaurant, and then give that 
paper or the napkin or, or whatever that is to the person that you're sharing it with so they can take it with them. That's really awesome. So we have another one uh, that's a book slash study, and it's Tell Someone by Greg Laurie. Okay, maybe you've heard of Greg Laurie. He does huge crusades with like Chris Tomlin seasonally throughout the year. He's really big on evangelism, and this is a very short book. If you're not that much into reading and you're like, uh, I don't know, it's very short. It's very you can do it one afternoon. This book covers like main topics like why should we share our faith, when should we share our faith, how do we share our faith. And it shares with us the power of our own personal story. And uh, one aspect of this book that I really enjoy is a chapter called "What Is the Gospel," and it lays out in clear, un- uncertain terms, clear and certain terms, what the gospel really is. That's really powerful. So we have um, another one. This is a book, and it's "Evangelism Is" by David Early. Okay, now the. <laughs> This is one of my textbooks when I was doing some master's work. And the, the Tell Someone book is if you're not into reading and you want to read something in just a quick in the afternoon, a short book, Evangelism Is is one of those books like if you're into reading, this is where to go. So this is like master's level. Yeah, 40, <laughs> textbook. 40 chapters. Oh, man. 40 chapters. That's just a bit of light reading covers the motive, the meaning, the manner, and the methods of evangelism in just 40 chapters. Oh, no big deal. But it's a powerful book, and I would highly recommend that. We have another book for you, and that's The Art of Personal Evangelism, and that's by Will McRaney, Jr. Yeah, this is another text that I've that I've gone through and read, and basically this book helps us communicate our story the best way possible. Uh, and it just shows the importance of personal evangelism. And what I like about this book is that it gives you tools at the end to help you construct your own testimony, uh, giving illustrations and common uh, objections to witnessing. So if you think, well, I don't want to give my testimony because I'm afraid they may come back at me and say something that would challenge me. Well, first off, that's okay, because it's going to show you immediately where to grow in your faith. But this book is going to highlight some mainstream ideas that are usually objections to this to help you get prepared for that ahead of time. Uh, we have another one coming at you from the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Ah, the KBC. Yeah. My friend Andy McDonald has been working hard on this one, and this is a powerful tool as well. This is uh, from ReachKY.today. Yeah, this is a website that you can go and record your testimony. Okay, just think about this for a second. You can audio record your testimony, upload your testimony to that site, and then you get a link, and then you can share that link on social media, on your email signature, just text it to other people, and then it's always on that website. And then when someone listens to it, you get a text message update that says someone's listening to your testimony. That's pretty cool. And then at the end of that, they have the option to accept Christ. And if they do that, you get a text that's saying someone accepted Christ after listening to your testimony. And you talk about an awesome text to, to receive. It sounds like I'm going to go there and record my testimony. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I like to hear that. Very good. Now, do we have one more? So finally, we have a tract. This is a, called The Story, and it's from www.story4.us. That's the number 4.us. 
Yeah, this is like a modern day tract. You remember back in the day, maybe you'd see a tract laying on a park bench or someone would give one to you that would explain maybe the Roman road and talk about salvation. They'd just pass it to you and go away or you'd find it laying on a table in a restaurant somewhere. That was big and like... Fair. <laughs> at the fair. Yeah, say that again. You get it at the fair. Yeah, maybe you'd see something at a public event like that. That was big like in the 70s and 80s. Well, the story folks have come together and given us a modern evangelism tool that is very cheap, it's very affordable, and um, it helps you share the entire story of Jesus. It describes the whole story, and at the end, there's a printed prayer for that person to pray to accept Jesus, and it challenges them uh, on what comes later after you accept Christ and have that moment of salvation. It shows you how to get involved in the local church, how to get involved in a local church, discipleship, and that sort of thing. You've received this before. I've passed it out at the end of a message. I've given it in many discipleship classes that I've done here, and it's a great little tool for church members and Christians to have. Yeah, I've actually utilized that on several occasions, believe it or not. There we go. I do believe it. You know, all these tools that we talked about are just samples. There, There's a wide variety of options out there. Maybe you are thinking of something... Um, that we needed to include or list. And if you don't care, when we post this on social media, we post our episode link, maybe comment on that and share, hey, this is a great tool that I've used before. And we'll just get that discussion going with all the listeners out there. So folks, we're so thankful that you're listening. Remember that we're on Facebook. Remember to like and share our podcast page on Facebook. Simply search Mission Great Commission Podcast on Facebook and find our page. You can subscribe to the podcast in two different ways. Ooh, that's fancy. Yep. You can go to iTunes for you Apple devices or SoundCloud for the Android. There's no judgment here. No judgment. I mean, I'm no Apple's the best. Apple guy here. Uh, but there's no judging. No judging. <laughs> you know, the SoundCloud is great as well to go to the website. If you're at a desktop computer throughout the day, Maybe at your office or something, you just click play on that or go to iTunes on your desktop computer on your Mac or whatever and play it directly from the podcast page as well. Next week, we're going to look at the many hats that a pastor wears in the church. Uh, I'm excited about that one. Custodian, uh, puts on shingles. Oh, that's a, that's a new Wait, I may have the I wrong. I haven't heard that one. This is the, oh, oh, this is the wrong job description. Carpet cleaner. Yeah, I'm sorry. This yeah, is my bad. But there are a lot of hats the pastor wears, and we're going to talk about that. So for Dennis Cook, I'm Brandon Bishop. We want to thank you for listening to the Mission Great Commission podcast.